I guess we could just start by, you know, just generally speaking, what has um, been your reaction to the uh, release of these two anonymous letters that uh, criticize uh, not just your leadership and management style, but also uh, the leadership and management style of your command staff? So it is, you know, at any time you receive information, uh, especially from an anonymous source, uh, you know, the, the general con- the general feeling is it's, it's concerning. And of course, we have to be concerned. Um, however, uh, you know, concern could turn into action if, if I knew uh, who, who to help, uh, if uh, the anonymous uh, authors of, of the letters uh, would, uh, you know, identify themselves and and come and talk to me and my command team, and we can certainly uh, arrive at some solutions. Uh, some of the solutions may not, uh, you know, people may not agree with the way we are managing the National Guard, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we ask that people respect it. So that, that was the initial reaction. However, it did not detract from uh, our day-to-day operations. You know, we, gosh, gosh, we, we have so many other good good things that are going on with the national guard you know we have uh, missions that are ongoing we we have a uh, a multi-force uh operation uh, happening in egypt with uh, our infantry unit we have about 200 plus soldiers there uh they're conducting a peacekeeping mission we uh, we just had a whole number uh, of air guard members who are coming back from deployment and uh, you know they've improved and uh, added to their skill sets. We also have thirty plus soldiers and airmen uh, performing a mission uh, at the southwest border, and uh, and we're getting a lot of great reviews from that from both soldier airmen and the border patrol folks who include the tag of Arizona. Uh, and you know closer to home, we we have uh, about seventy plus soldiers who are ready to come off uh, mission, the security forces mission, the first one to guard the fads that are located uh, up north. And uh, and we have activated the second team to uh, take over that first team for the FAT mission. And uh, we recently got approval to, uh, to have a space command at our air guard unit. And so... Um, we, we have so many things going on. You know, we're taking care of veterans, we're taking care of families, uh, we're taking care of soldiers and airmen and civilians that work for the Guard. Uh, General, you know, going back to what you had said about wanting um, the people who have these concerns to kind of um, reveal themselves, uh, in the letters they kind of uh, uh, seem to express that they would be targeted and reprimanded for... Uh, coming out and showing themselves. How would you address that concern of, of uh, that's coming from the letter writers? You know, I would address it the same way I address any other service member who who would like to uh, my undivided attention, or at least my team's undivided attention, and I would invite them to the office of the Adjutant General. Um, you know, this, this place uh, on the second floor of Building 300 has been the busiest place uh, since uh, since my team and I uh, have taken uh, you know have taken uh, charge of the National Guard, uh, there's a constant revolving door. Uh, soldiers and airmen are actually coming through these doors, and uh, and I believe that uh, we have established a safe 
a safe environment for service members, families, even retirees to come come and talk to us and let us know what's on their mind. And, and, and I think we've been fair. Um, I know that our doors are open all the time. Uh, we have a, a standing open door policy that anyone and everyone uh, takes advantage of. And uh, I, I, don't, uh, I have not seen any cause for any kind of retribution or uh, there, there, there's, it's not existent. We, we welcome, we welcome uh, any, any ideas to, to help him, to help us improve the Guam National Guard. But you know, we could always get better, but we could always use room for improvement. Right, General. So I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, guessing if we've had two anonymous letters uh, written, have you also had uh, soldiers and airmen? you know, raising concerns by going through these proper channels that, that you mentioned? Has that happened uh, this year? Absolutely. Uh, soldiers and airmen who have gone through these proper channels, uh, uh, you know, the, the, con the concerns that they have had have been resolved at that level. And there, you know, Chris, there are, there are, there are several, um, it, you know, there's a process. When, when we're in the military, there's a process to handle uh, issues that may not, uh, that may require additional time and additional attention from uh, from senior leadership and uh, usually the process is you try to resolve it at the lowest level uh, and that that's known as chain of command uh, and uh, and if you know if through that chain of command process uh, a resolution cannot be reached then there's a channel called the inspector general and and that channel provides uh, service members uh, protection on their identity and the people who are uh, looking into, you know, whatever allegations or, or uh, discrepancies that they may uh, report, uh, that is handled at, uh, we have absolutely no um, affiliation with it or handling it. It is handled at the Department of the Army or at the Department of the Air Force level. General, so are you, are you aware of anybody who has filed a, a complaint with the Inspector General about any of the issues that have, were raised at, um, in, in the letters? So, you know, the, uh, the allegations in, in both uh, anonymous letters are, are largely inaccurate. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're not going to discuss that uh, because I, I cannot, I cannot uh, address them uh, because I don't know who's addressing it. Uh, so the channels that we do have available are, are open and, and we're transparent um, and uh, the, the issues that we have addressed are, have normally been handled at, at this level through the chain of command. I see. So, so how would you address the uh, concerns in the letters about your command staff? There were um, things were written that, you know, uh, the command staff uh, is not from Guam, that... Um, uh, Colonel Gocono is an heir. I, I just got this tip that he's a reservist and not. I guess just first of all, is is Gocono qualified to serve in that position? So uh, I'm glad you asked that question. So you know, um, Colonel Gocono, and uh, and I believe one of the letters also referenced uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tasling Panton. Yes, ma'am. So they they were actually uh, hired uh, here at the Guam National Guard. BA, that's before Agagi. And so uh, they, you know, there were jobs that were available. Both both these fine officers applied for them and they were brought on to take on those jobs. So I'm 
I, yeah, they were fully qualified to come and work in the National Guard. So um, they they are absolutely they're they're polished. Uh, you know, they they uh, they have many 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 years of experience in uh, in their specific MOSs. Uh, so uh, I I have no doubt that they are absolutely qualified, uh, if not overqualified. How would you? How would you respond to the the allegation that their positions could have easily been filled with um, soldiers who have like a, a Guam base? You know what I mean. Also, I would respond to that the same way I. Uh, when, you know, when I first took command, Chris, I, I, uh, I wanted. You know, my vision was to bring the best and the brightest to Guam, and uh, and I don't know what we have until I open our gate and open our doors to see what what kind of talent. Is is beyond Guam's, uh, and so uh, I opened my aperture and uh, announced some job openings, and it, all the jobs that were available were announced nationwide. Uh, folks, people who were interested and who were qualified applied for these jobs, and I, I need to. I just need to make it very clear that anytime uh, you know we have a, a job that's open for uh, filling. And there's an application process. Uh, that application process comes with a board, and the board is is the, the body of uh, of processing that evaluates each applicant's qualifications, uh, and 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 then the board um, scores, and then the board makes the recommendation on who the best qualified candidate is. So, so there's a process for that too. Um, you know, I, uh, I am, you know, one of the joys of, of opening uh, our our jobs nationwide is we we want to attract. You know, we want a wider pool of applicants. We want to attract the best and the brightest, and and along with that, we you know who knows we may have a uh, Guam supporter who may uh, find interest in this job opening, and the joy in that is they get to come home. So you don't you don't feel that the command staff is taking away any jobs from, uh, as the letter put it, sons and daughters of Guam. Absolutely not, uh, General. Could could we just address the qualifications? I mean, this is something that you know we've reported on, and uh, it just continues to surface. Uh, the question about whether or not you meet the qualifications to serve as TAG that are laid out in Guam law. What's your response to these concerns that you don't uh, meet those qualifications? Okay, uh, so, you know, when uh, I, I served both in the Army and Air National Guards, uh, and I also served as both enlisted and officer. And so, you know, the privilege to serve in this capacity it is certainly an honor and was given to me by the governor, uh, Governor Luli Guerrero, because I am qualified to do the job, but I just happen to be a woman. So are you, uh, are you kind of implying that you're getting all these questions about the qualifications because you're a woman? Uh, I am only stating that I, I am qualified for this job. The Guam law specifically states certain parameters and I meet all those parameters. General, can, can you please go into a little more detail about this uh, promotable uh, term and 
uh, the way it's been used to argue that you're not uh, qualified uh, to serve as the tag? Sure. So, uh, regulation, uh, there, there is no such term word uh, as promotable. So it was, uh, the term was uh, evolutionized. Uh, it, it was a term to, to indicate that uh, an officer uh, was ready for the next level of uh, promotion. Uh, and it was just a, it was used very loosely just to, just to identify person who uh, was eligible for the next grade. Uh, but that term, promotable, is not an official term used in any regulation. Uh, and you know, at the time the Guam was written, uh, I believe, you know, uh, it was written using the term, but um, uh, the law the law is very clear. And, and again, you know, those who uh, interpret the law um, or any, any regulation that is to be interpreted uh, should be reserved for those individuals who are trained uh, to interpret the law. Uh, a lawyer should be the one to do that. Um, someone with qualifications of, of any kind of law, um, background, law, training, uh, should you know, those things should be reserved for those individuals. And uh, we are so lucky that we have uh, Mr. David Riano as our attorney advisor. So, Mr. Riano, uh, I just have to tell you, Mr. Riano has been with the National Guard. He was a member of the National Guard, retired as a member of the National Guard, and he has served under four different tags. Um, uh, You know, he's considered to have very valuable institutional knowledge of this this fine organization. So, when when decisions are made, uh, when uh, when we want to uh, take... um, a different approach to management. My first action is to seek his guidance. I don't do anything without Mr. Riano's legal advice. A general, I, I'm not a lawyer. You're right, and I just want to read the uh, the local law here, um, it's, which states that. Uh, in order to be appointed as the TAG, you have to be or have been a federally recognized commission officer in the Army or Air Force or their reserve components in the grade of at least Lieutenant Colonel 05, and there's that term, promotable, pursuant to Army or Air Force promotion regulations and policies at the time of appointment. So if you say that the term promotable is not a military term, why do you think it's included in the Guam Code? Okay. So like I said earlier, you know, the, the term promotable... Uh, was loosely used, uh, you know, by military personnel again to identify uh, people who have who have reached a certain rank and are and are ready for promotion. You know, they've got the potential to move to the next grade. You know, I am certainly uh, I meet all those qualifications, Chris. I uh, I have been a lieutenant colonel, a federally recognized lieutenant colonel, for uh, since 2014. Uh, which uh, and and I was actually promotable to well, I was eligible for promotion to 06 uh, while I was a student at the War College. So you know there there's a, there's called time and grade and time and service, and there are you know several factors that determine an officer or, or an individual's eligibility for promotion. So yes, I I meet all those qualifications according to. Okay, General. I, you know, on, on just uh, to kind of get your personal feeling, I got to ask, 
how does it make you feel when you know almost a year i mean yeah closing in on a year on the job is the tag and you're still answering these uh, questions about whether or not you're qualified to serve as the tag you know uh, you know probably someone uh, you know would be uh, maybe upset or irritated but you know chris i i welcome it i i welcome all these questions because it it helps me you know find all the problems uh critics are you know are probably my best friends because they help me identify problems and uh and i certainly could use all the help i can get so uh you know it doesn't matter how many times i'm asked the question i will always answer it with the same fervor and and passion and dedication uh that that i can muster so i i don't mind answering the question over and over General, what about this um, list, and this is the second anonymous letter, where they include a list of um, soldiers and airmen who, uh, I guess, have, according to the letter, become uh, targets of the command staff. And it's, uh, it's a list, I want to say, there's about 10 to 15 different uh, names on this list. Now, I don't really want to go into specifics to kind of just respect the privacy of these um, people, but I know that you've read the letter, so what can you say about um, these specific examples so first, Chris, I, I want to thank you for respecting that. Uh, you know, uh, people's private and personal information, uh, personnel actions should never be discussed in public. Uh, that is reserved for the individual and the person who has a need to know. And and, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming uh, coming forth with that. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I I have not read the second letter in its entirety, uh, but uh, you know. What I do know of what I read is that the information in both uh, anonymous letters are largely inaccurate. Can Can you give us a, a percentage on that, General? Because are you talking largely inaccurate, like it's ninety percent inaccurate, or what, what? What kind of number would you attach to that in terms of a percentage? Uh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to say it's all of it is inaccurate. Okay, so so you don't feel like any of the concerns in here are um, valid. The, you know, it's it's the issues that uh, that are largely inaccurate. Uh, you know, the, there's difference between issues and, and the concerns, but um, the information on the press is, is is really all of it is is inaccurate. So uh, just going back to the command staff, it, there's a part in the second letter that says the command staff is unified in creating a climate of fear. Uh, how would you, and I guess just generally speaking, and I know you did kind of go to bat for your command staff uh, earlier, but um, how do you address these, these concerns? Because we hear it from, you know, we've two letters and then multiple sources also seem to have issues with the, the command staff. And, and you know, um, General, it's interesting that they... Uh, kind of bring up the command staff and the issues they have with them a little more than they bring up the issues that they have with you. So the issues that, you know, and so there's, you know, there's a small group of people who, uh, who probably have some adaptability uh, concerns, uh, challenges with uh, adapting to uh, new change, to the new environment. And I completely understand when it comes to climate and culture, uh, climate is always easier to change than culture is. Uh, however, you know, again, uh, I, uh, 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of talent management. And, uh, and one way that we are going to help, you know, this nation meet the, the requirements to, for national security, uh, we have got to keep up with the changing time. Uh, you know, technology is changing at such a rapid pace that uh, I, I need to ensure that the governor of Guam has ready forces equipped to respond to any any kind of call we should get uh, you know we we have three missions we have a federal mission we have a state mission and we have a community mission and my job is to provide ready soldiers to perform any mission at at a moment's notice uh, is uh, the command team I have uh, are professional in every sense of the word uh, they come with a wide and deep background, a uh, varied background. Uh, they come with uh, many, many years of experience, both uh, at state and national level. Um, they have served in positions of, uh, of trust. Uh, they have worked for, um, for people uh, at the National Guard Bureau, they, uh, uh, and they have had uh, work done up at the Pentagon. And, and so, you know, the bottom line is uh, the Guard is always ready. And, uh, and my job is to ensure to fulfill this mission. And I, uh, I am going to choose a team that I can trust, who has the experience, and, and who has the same passion I do for taking care of soldiers and airmen and their family. Uh, and the team that I have in place right now, uh, they are just absolutely amazing. I know no other command team that is, that is as professional and as passionate as the team I have right now to ensure that soldiers, airmen, and their families are treated fairly, uh, with dignity and respect, and everyone has an opportunity to, uh, to grow. General, have you, have you met with the soldiers and airmen, uh, maybe in a, you know, a, a hall setting to address uh, these letters at all, or have you had any discussions with um, the soldiers and the airmen about uh, these letters? Uh, we, so every day we have opportunities for soldiers and airmen to come talk to us. We have regular command and staff meetings. We have senior level meeting. We have a commander's call. We have town halls. And uh, the best thing about this is that we have an existing open door policy where anyone can come and talk to me or to my staff. And, and, and they, uh, you know, it's a safe environment for, for folks to come and talk to me in. Uh, and this is this is why I would you know I, I really welcome um, whoever offered the two letters to well, come talk to me, come talk to me, come talk to my staff, and uh, and we we can certainly talk about it. We can certainly talk about the change. Um, change is always hard, uh, and not everyone will agree with the change. But uh, you know we we want everyone to respect the change. General, so and and uh, talking about this change, how would you say the guard has changed um, under your administration compared to uh, any previous administration? Well, I can tell you what we uh, we have definitely increased our employment numbers. Uh, when we first came in uh, to office, our military technician program was only at twenty percent filled. In a matter of Six months, we now have the, the military technician program filled to a hundred percent. 
So that's jobs. That's jobs for for the for the economic prosperity uh, here in the island. Uh, you know, I I, I, I want to brag a little bit. We also have the highest recruiting and retention rate, uh, both in the army and the air. And uh, you know, uh, so let me go a little bit further. In the Air National Guard, we have stayed at number one for the last decade, uh, and we still have people wanting to come into the to the Air National Guard. They're just waiting. They're waiting at the door, and uh, and I, I'd love to bring them in, but I, I only have so many uh, positions that are available to fill. Uh, so, uh, you know, I have to manage. I have to manage my or structure uh, very responsibly. And, um, and that all falls together with talent management and, uh, and you know, my team, uh, because they're so experienced uh, with uh, force management. You know, I'm relying on, on the team effort help us manage the Guam National Guard. And of course, you know, we are always going to take the advice of our, our attorney advisor and uh, and those senior level leaders who, uh, who are in charge of each MACOM. General, I know that you, you, you kind of said that your door is open and that uh, soldiers and airmen with concerns can uh, come see you. What about on the flip side? Are you uh, in a position to maybe go to them akin to a general maybe being on the battlefield uh, with the troops would you would you want to go down with the the soldiers and airmen and and maybe uh ask them what their concerns are as opposed to waiting for them to come to you absolutely i'm actually already doing that um you know i i meet soldiers and airmen off-site uh i meet them uh, you know if they don't want to come here because they don't want to be seen talking to me i gladly make uh, amends and arrangements and readjust schedules so that we can meet many times uh you know i would be out just running you know, pt or pt and i and i would uh run into soldiers no pun intended uh <laughs> but we would meet you know we would meet out running or, or if we go to the gym and then uh, we'd have a sidebar and uh oftentimes i i you know, I noticed that that's the best time to actually talk with soldiers and airmen because uh, that that's their safety zone. But uh, absolutely, I, I am not opposed to that at all. In fact, that is one of my favorite uh, things to do is to get out of the office, uh, get my boots on the ground and go find soldiers and see what they're doing and uh, listen to their concerns and ask, how can I make things better? General, can you kind of clarify for us? And, you know, I apologize because uh, not being in the military, and I think a lot of the media um, isn't or maybe hasn't served, it's kind of hard for us to decipher uh, the terminology and um, just some of the differences. Like uh, the second letter, uh, there's a few paragraphs here on federally recognized officer versus Guam militia, and it uh, kind of talks about your rank in the Guam militia, which is a major general. Can you kind of clarify for us um, how you're able to be a major general in the Guam militia and um, why that's okay given your federally recognized uh, rank? Absolutely. So first of all, Chris, we don't have a Guam militia. There is no such entity here in Guam as the Guam militia. However, the governor is the commander-in-chief of the Guam National Guard and state law, which I believe is a Guam Code Annotated 10, uh, the state law allows for the governor to appoint uh, a adjutant general, and actually, if you read the law, it says she can appoint an adjutant general to the grade of lieutenant general, which is an 09. Three-star. A three-star general. So it's a state promotion, uh, and, and each 
each uh, governor in, in every 54 states has has that at their leisure. So each state has a tag, and that tag is uh, normally appointed by the governor of that state. Right, and so just going back, so I know that the governor had appointed you to a colonel. I'm, am I correct on that? Yes, initially, that was a state promotion. Right, and so that's pending the federal uh, recognition. And, you know, General, if you could kind of just talk about that, because people speculate and say, like, oh, the amount of time that has passed and she hasn't been federally recognized, that means it's not going to fly. Can you give us a little more insight into the the timeline for a process like this? Sure, I, I can tell you the process, uh, what it generally is. Uh, and the timeline is, uh, it, it could take anywhere from six months to a year. And so uh, my state promotion to uh, 06 uh, uh, is, is, so I, my, my promotion to a federally recognized 06 uh, is in the process. And now Chris, understand that, that takes a very long time because there's, there's boards that are assembled uh, to uh, to evaluate an officer's qualification to you know to meet uh, uh, the requirements to be promoted to the next grade, you know, from an 05 to 06, from an 06 to an 07, and uh, at the 06 level, there there's uh, extra layers that are uh, added to uh, to the selection board, and, and I believe uh, you know there there's a suitability um, assessment. Uh, I believe it has to go through uh, Congress uh, for their approval. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the parameters of being promoted to uh, from an 05 to an 06, uh, they, they're, they're a little more, and the timeline uh, is, a li- is, is longer than a timeline for uh, any rank that is uh, before an 05. So you're kind of basically saying that uh, for those who don't understand the process, maybe the mystique of it and not knowing about it could lead them to speculate that this promotion isn't going to fly. But in reality, it's a lengthy process. So that's basically what you're saying. That is true. Yes, you are uh, correct. General, so would you say that the Guam National Guard is in a state of rapid decay under your uh, leadership? I would actually say the opposite. Uh, you know, Chris, we we have the highest recruiting and retention rate in the nation. Uh, we have we have soldiers and airmen who uh, who are climbing the ladder of success, who are ready for their next grade promotion. We have uh, we have them going to schools. Well, we have them, uh, you know, applying for uh, for broadening assignments. Uh, so I I would I would say we are actually in the opposite. We are soaring to new lengths. Um, the excitement that's in the air is uh, is quite compared to nothing. Um, we are actually third in the nation for uh, our recruiting uh, and in the army for uh, for recruiting and retention. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty big trophy, you know. If you're looking at you know small tiny Guam, you know you compare us to uh, the nation, and uh, gosh, I, I think I think that speaks volumes of of the atmosphere and and you know the morale and and the, the direction that the Guam National Guard is going. General, could you uh, kind of explain and then maybe uh, respond to the allegations uh, that your mandatory removal date was somehow fiddled with? So uh, 
again, these are, you know, these issues are allegations, uh, which are largely inaccurate. And, you know, I, because it's a personnel matter, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. So you didn't adjust your mandatory, or you didn't have it adjusted, the MRD? Yes, I can't talk about that. That is a personnel matter. Uh, again, the information that was uh, listed on both those literature are largely inaccurate. Okay, General. What about, uh, you know, I, I had a chance to talk with the governor, and she said that she was going to sit down with you because um, she was kind of concerned about these, these two letters. Have you had that sit down with the governor? Uh, we've had many sit-downs, sir, and we discuss, you know, the way ahead and the plan for how to address, the, you know, the issues and the concerns. And, you know, I, uh, I, I am just so blessed to have a commander-in-chief who has absolute confidence in my ability to manage and to lead the Guam National Guard because she loves the National Guard. Uh, she uh, wants, you know, her goal is to maintain the integrity of this organization, uh, you know, and to provide... Um, fairness across the board, uh, and and I am the keeper of good order and discipline, and I take that very seriously. Does this affect the morale of the soldiers and airmen to to know that? I mean, it's all over the media, it's all over social media. I mean, it's got to have a, some kind of impact. Do you see that? It's 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 a small, uh, so small that I can't I can't see it, but. Uh, you know, I, invi I invite you to come and, and, and see for yourself, see for yourself the, the true morale that that is permeating here in on our property. Um, and then you can see for yourself and you can, you know, uh, you can be like Fox News. You report and, you know, we reported and you decide. I don't know if Fox <laughs> News is the best example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I would really love to take you up on that um, invitation. You know, I love their bumper sticker. I know they they have a new bumper sticker, but, you know, that that's very catchy. You know, we report and you decide. Right. So, you know, you, you know, I'll report it and then you can decide it. And then uh, and then Guam will be listening to Chris Barnett. General, I just guess in, in closing, what are your uh, final thoughts on this, um, this chain of events with these two anonymous letters and everything that's kind of uh, trying to come to light uh, under your watch? So my final thoughts are: I um, I welcome I welcome any uh, anyone anyone to come talk to me about some you know some of the the direction in which we are going. You know, Chris, because the Guam National Guard is a vital and growing part of our island's national and our nation's uh, defense. So you know, changes to management is, is part of that growth that will offer more diverse opportunities for our people. Uh, you know, and uh, in re and uh, we uh, we have revised personnel action processes to attract a wider pool of applicants, uh, and we did so to also address some gaps in retirement eligibility. And uh, we want to increase, uh, you know, the female ratio in key leadership positions, and we want to promote equal opportunity for everyone. Well, General, I know you're uh, you're very busy. I want to thank you for your time, and you you definitely did give us a lot of it. So we appreciate that. My time is yours. I want to wish you and uh, the members of uh, KUAM a very Merry Christmas. Agumas, General, and thank you very much. Esta, adios. Okay, adios.